Hey, welcome to another episode of the Fire the Family podcast. Today I have a very special guest. It is my wife, Kayla. She uh, reluctantly, I pulled her away from her puzzle um, that she's working on. And if you follow us on Instagram at Fire the Family, um, you'll be able to see the puzzle that they're working on for what was supposed to be for my son, my oldest, for his new room. Uh, it's turned into a project for Kayla. So uh, let her introduce herself and just say hello. Hi, I'm Kayla. Um, yes, I've been working on a puzzle and Nick's asking me how I've gotten so much done already. I'm sure he'll post a picture later. Um, I don't know. My mind just works that way. I love puzzles. I love monotonous tasks. So it's totally in my element. So today we're going to be talking about geo-arbitrage moving from a high cost of living in Washington State to a lower cost of living in Texas. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why we're moving and I've talked about it a little bit in the past and on the website. Um, but we're going to just today talk about what it's like uh, kind of getting ready to move during the coronavirus and everything that's going on. We're going to talk about why we're moving, the, some of the you know pros and cons to moving to a place like Texas uh, from where we're currently living and uh, kind of dealing with family and some of the things that come along with just picking up to move your family for what seems like no reason. So we're going to talk about that today. So I want to start by just saying that we probably have completely different answers for a lot of the topics or questions we're going to be going over. And I thought it would be really neat to hear my perspective as well as my wife's perspective. So I want to ask, why are you moving? Mm. Um, well, that's a hard question. I guess my main reason for moving is just something different. I don't necessarily like the idea of staying in the same place forever. I know that I don't want to move around a ton with our kids growing up and being young, but we have lived in the Tri-Cities pretty much our whole lives. So I want new adventure. Um, it's exciting to me to just pick up and, and move and definitely warmer weather. I'm sick and tired of nasty cold winters here and I'm definitely looking forward to a warmer climate. Yeah, the winters here are like, it's like, five, just I'm just going to say five months of being cold. Like September, it starts getting cold. It's definitely cold in October, November, and then it stays cold until April. Mm -hmm. Like it's still, like yeah. today it was cold. Yeah. Like today has been chilly. Yeah. And it's, we're in May. So, uh, you know, that's probably something that we both <laughs> agree on and that is a big part of it. And for some reason, the last year or so, I've gotten, I'm always cold, so I'm, the whole, you know, hunkering down for five months in the winter time is exhausting and it kind of wears everybody down and every, you deal with things like seasonal depression and all that kind of stuff. So we're both excited to be near the warm, uh, the warm weather, proximity to a warm ocean. For me, uh, it's that plus the ability to like um, give our kids new experiences, uh, new things for them to, for us all to go do. We can travel a lot more like regionally because here we, if we're going to travel, we pretty much, you know, if we want to go anywhere outside of where we currently live, it's at least three hours. And if we want to go to the ocean, it's like six hours. If we want to go pretty much, there's no use to going anywhere in Idaho, most of Oregon, What's the other the Utah? Uh, Utah is too far away. So yeah, Montana, like everything's just like really sparse and, you know, not very densely populated besides Seattle and Portland and Spokane, I guess. Uh, but there's just isn't a lot to do. So we spend a lot of time in Seattle. We occasionally go to Portland and we go to the coast every year, uh, which is like a six hour drive. And so what happens is every time we want to go on a trip, it's like 
It's like fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. three thousand yeah. dollars. Like every, minimum, min, minimum thousand dollars to go to Seattle for the weekend for our family of five, uh, and to go to the ocean is easily two to three thousand dollars. So it just becomes something that we can only do once a year. We spend all year like hunkered down in our all all winter hunkered down in our house, and we just are like, man, like what are we doing? And so where we live locally, there's you know a quarter million people or so here, and there's some stuff to do. There's wineries, breweries, restaurants, and it's gotten a lot better from where we grew up. But uh, we've we've done everything. Uh, we just you know we want to give our kids a different experience. And we lived in Wichita, Kansas for like almost three years, mm-hmm. and really enjoyed that. Yeah, we definitely did. Um, I think we enjoyed living in somewhat of a bigger city, Wichita. I mean, it's spread out. It's it's. It's not really what I would consider a big city like um, Austin or San Antonio, but um, maybe more like San Antonio. Yeah, there's like 400,000 people there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's really spread out. Um, but we definitely really enjoyed the weather. I mean, the awesome thunderstorms that would just shake your entire house were pretty cool. And even, you know, the tornado watches were always <laughs> pretty exciting. Um, so... I think that's a huge part of it is just the weather in general. Yeah, and being around rain, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that Washington State is basically two states, you know, divided in half that are could be on the other side of the nation from each other. They're so different. You have Seattle on the west side of the state that's wet and rainy and damp and cold, and you have the east side of the state that's super dry. It's a desert mm-hmm. and it's hot and dry and like a hundred days of summer. Which is fine. I, you know, I don't mind the summers here. When it gets super, super hot, you know, if you're not in the water, then you might as well not go outside. But it doesn't last super long, um, and most of the time the evenings are pretty nice. But the east side is just so darn dry that like your skin's dried out. We have droughts regularly. It doesn't rain. It barely snows, and so we're not even getting the best parts of winter right. if right. we're dealing with the cold. So, yeah, it's weather is obviously a big part for both of us. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, I think that plus all of the different things to, to do down there uh, close by. I mean, there's like five, four, theme, four or five theme parks within an hour of where we're going to live. There's Austin, which is about an hour north of us and 45 minutes or so. And it's got uh, almost a million people, about a million people population wise. And San Antonio's got, I think, over a million people population wise. And they're two very different cities. And so there's a ton to do within an hour drive of us. The best we have here within an hour is a nice little like quaint wine area in Walla Walla. And then the other direction is like cow patties. And, and how many times can we go to the to the same wine area over and over again in the amount of a lifetime if we stayed here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big part, too. It's like we're only 29 and we've done a lot in the last 10 years of this year will be 10 years of of being married and uh, looking forward. It's like. You know, we only have the kids for about 15 more years. Our oldest is going to turn eight, so we've got 10 years left with him, depending on what he decides to do school-wise in the future or military or whatever. Um, but time is, like, it's going fast. And so we're like, hey, do we want to settle here for the rest of our lives? Like, no. We definitely know we don't want to do that. So we're going to move anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it's like, okay, well, what's keeping us here, you know, with our kids and stuff? And the, the big thing is, is family. Mm-hmm. So leaving uh moving away from family is is a big is it probably the it is the only thing that's difficult about the whole part um leaving kayla's family or mom and siblings and dad and me leaving our family and siblings and stuff but um a part of that is kind of interesting like my family my parents moved away on me twice not in a negative way that's for work 
and to the other side of the state. So I lived with my sister for a little bit when I was in high school, and then they moved away after we moved back from the military. And so um, people do it. People move around, and sometimes it's nearby, and sometimes it's a long ways away. Um, but most of our family is understanding that we're doing it from like a position of strength and that uh, it's really for experience, you know, long-term job security, and really to build wealth. It's really to build our family's wealth. And that's at the end of the day, that's going to be a big part of it. Um, our money is going a lot further in house. And so um, we are selling our house here and we're buying a new house down there. And luckily, I mean, we're in the thick of it right now. Uh, the house selling and buying, but we're through most of the tough spot of selling our house and the inspection and appraisal and all that. And we're through most of it with the new house. So we're just waiting on the underwriter. Yeah, now it's just a waiting game. I've been super stressed out about the underwriter because they ask for like the most obnoxious information and then you explain it to them and they just want like one sentence and so it loses all of its context. And they're like, they're nitpicking my income, which is frustrating because I perceive it as I like I, I make above average income and it's frustrating to me because mm-hmm. it should not be nitpicked. And I understand like commission is a big part of it. But my commission has been super steady on an increasing linear trajectory for the last two years. And, you know, it's it just seems stupid to me at this point. But anyways, we'll get through it. Mm, yeah, um, <laughs> we'll get there. So talking about selling our house, we've only lived here for, it hasn't even been two years, um, about 20, 22 months. August. Yeah, like 20, 21 months or so. Um, and luckily we're in a hot market here and have uh, some equity built up, but what was like the biggest takeaway for you in owning a house for the first time? I think it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. We were so ready to get out of the apartment that um, I looked past a lot of things um, that I maybe shouldn't have going into this house. Um, it's a lot of work, especially if you're not buying a newer house. Um, the house that we're in was built in what, 96? What? Was our house built in 96? Th- this house? This house, 97. Yeah. 97, yeah. yeah. So there was a lot of work to do. I mean, we had pink countertops. Oh, pink, yeah. I forgot like, about those. Like 90s pink backslash tile the in the gross. kitchen. Yeah, it was hideous. So the, the, toilet, was, the toilet seat was broken. Yeah. Like little things. But it adds up fast. And so, I mean, I took on a lot of the remodeling and... You can't say remodeling. Oh, yeah. I forgot we got in trouble for that. (laughs) We were selling the house and I was filling out the disclosure form and I put remodeling. I was like, hey, we redid the kitchen and the bathrooms. And and to me, that that, that means remodeling. Like, it looks way better. And it turns out remodeling is like we had a permit and a you know, a contractor or something come in and we like added on. We didn't, we didn't do that. No, we did not do that. (laughs) We just did cosmetic (laughs) upgrades and it was a lot of work. I mean, um, a lot of YouTube was watched. A lot of money was spent. Um, I mean, I say that we probably did it on a fairly good budget for what we, for what we did, but it was a lot of work. We think we spent like three grand, five grand. Maybe about two or three grand in everything for the bathrooms. And probably the we probably spent five thousand dollars on everything for the house from the probably beginning total. to where we're at now selling it. So yeah. everyone wants to say like own a home and it's going to be a great way to build wealth. And while that's true, especially over the the long long term, uh, a lot of the equity that we have in this house, um, it, I mean we're we're selling at about a twenty percent increase from where we where we bought it. And so a lot of that's eaten up by realtor fees and selling fees and all that. 
Um, and then if you subtract the amount of money you put into the house, if we had to put a new roof or something on the house, like we would have almost, we wouldn't have that much equity left. Um, a new roof and a new HVAC system would pretty much eat up that, that extra. So you can really quickly get to a point where um, in a flat or down market where you might not be uh, making out super well in the same amount of time. So we're pretty lucky in two years to be leaving with, uh, with cash in our pocket. Um, so that's exciting. My big advice is like go slower than you think you should go. Like we were so desperate to get out of the apartment that um, we just wanted to be in a house. And we had three boys and we're like desperate to have a yard and um, the neighborhood that we wanted to be in, like no houses were for sale. So one finally popped up, we got pre-qualified and um, uh, put in an offer like the day the house went on the market and just like one quick tour, our realtor was not the best realtor that we uh, could have hoped for and it didn't really help with the first time buying. Like I didn't really know what I didn't know. And was just super excited to be, you know, looking at houses finally because we'd wanted to for so long. We kind of delayed all those things because we went in the military and then college. And then, you know, we were 27 when we bought this house. And so um, we felt like we were behind. Um, anyways, and so we looking at things like the grading of the landscaping. It's like, hey, this is, this is going to need to be kind of regraded away from the house. So water doesn't pool up. Oh, cool. I can fix it. You know, this, the kitchen looks pretty crappy. Like, that's okay. We can replace it. We can get a new oven or, you know, and at the end of the day, it's like all of that costs so much more money than you think it's going to cost. And that's, that's my biggest takeaway. I think to be fair though, to the situation, I think that we definitely, if we were in the same spot and knew what we knew and had to do it over again, we probably would still have bought this house only because, um, it's a really good starter home especially in the area and for the amount of money that we were spending on a house i think that we definitely would have done it over again i just don't want to do it for a second time <laughs> yeah we both knew this the, we grew up here this is the neighborhood that we both grew up in basically and within like one two miles of, of each other um and uh we both knew that buying a house here would not be a mistake and that we probably wouldn't live here very long more than our initial timeline was like three to five years i think mm-hmm. And was like, man, the boys are just outgrowing it way too fast. While we have a three bedroom, like the sharing of the rooms has not gone so great. And, um, you know, but it's been a great house so far. And it would still have been a good house for another year or two while we look for something new. Mm -hmm. Um, And the market's just insane where we live. It's just absolutely unreal how much houses are appreciating. Like this, this house was the only house has been the only house on the market for under $300,000 in like the last six months. Yep. And it's just, it's absolutely insane to, to think someone is spending nearly $300,000 on this house, um, where when we look at where we're moving to, yeah. $300,000 gets you a pretty decent, like probably, you know, I don't know, a really decent house mm-hmm. with plenty of room, probably 2,500 square foot, probably four bedrooms, um, you know, a fence, like a really decent house. Um, so we're excited about, uh, we're getting a more expensive house, which has kind of been funny with some of my coworkers who've seen the house that we're buying. And it's like, Hey, I thought you were moving cause it was going to be cheaper. I was like, it is cheaper. That's a $800,000 house yeah, where we live. Definitely. So we're able to, we're able to put our money to in a house. That's like, you know, four, like less $450,000 that would be $700,000 where easily. we, where we live easily. And with the assumption that that County and that town is going to expand explode in size so it already is and it has been for several years it's in between austin and san antonio and uh, i don't know if you know about austin but it's 
kind of like the new hotspot for Californians and businesses that are moving out of the really high taxes that California has. Austin seems to be the, the cool spot to be. It's a lot of big companies, a lot of big spinoffs from those companies that provide a lot of job opportunities and people are just moving there in droves. And so um, it's the second fastest growing county in the nation. And I think right now buying a, a house in the $400,000, $500,000 range, uh, that'll be worth a million dollars in 10 to 15 years, maybe 20 years. But that's a big part of it too. Nice thing is, is for that price point, we're getting granite, we're getting tile, porcelain tile floor, floors, we're getting hardwood floors in some rooms, um, four bedrooms, over 3,000 square feet, uh, a covered back patio that has an extended pergola, you know, everything we ever wanted in a house, gas stove, it's a dream house. Definitely so. plenty of room to grow Plenty of three room. boys, plus yeah. you. We're moving from <laughs> 1,500 square feet to 3,400 square feet, so. <laughs> Just a little over, yeah. I'm excited to have my own office. And a big part of this Definitely. is working remotely. So the only thing that really made this possible was that Kayla landed a job in Texas as a teacher. And that was like, when I found out I could work remotely, I walked in and was like, hey, this is p- possible. And um, we've been wanting to do this for a couple of years, but my job's really kept, been another thing that's really kept us here. And I was like, if you can get land a job down there, I can see if they'll let me work remotely. And she found a job and they let me work remotely. So I need an office. I need some space that is outside of our bedroom that I can lock the door and, and work. Um, because I need like, I need that kind of space. Yeah. So, and and I'm excited for these purposes too. So I can like create content for the website and do podcast episodes and stuff and more like of an office setting. It'll be a lot more professional. It'll be super cool. What else do we got? Um, we've talked about that, uh, buying it virtually. So buying a house during the coronavirus has been not ideal, but I think we've done a pretty good job and probably ended up the same exact situation that we would have been had there not been a virus. We just would have $1,000 less in our pocket. Yeah, definitely. Because we for sure would have flown down there and seen houses in person. Whereas we really just virtually stocked houses. Um, every time a new one came up, we were both looking at them. And we really only had a few that we even wanted to consider. Um and then the one that we ended up putting an offer on was just hands down our favorite. It had everything that we could want, just like Nick just said. So um, our realtor walked us through it. He's I don't awesome. Know, like three times. He's my favorite guy ever. I cannot wait to meet him in person. How do you even explain him? I, all I'd say is like <laughs> shout out to, I think it's Middleton Realty. Like yes. he's the owner of it in San Antonio. And uh, he's just the nicest nicest guy and he's just jumping through all the hoops for us like he's the one there for the inspection he's the one there like he ordered our did all the you know ordered the appraisal he communicated with the inspector he sent file all the files and everything you know paperwork and stuff to the lender that we need like he's done everything for us he gave us a virtual tour we had technology issues making that happen and so he got a new phone like from the other realtor and gave us a a really in-depth tour of like every you know every nook and cranny of the house and really like increased our confidence in what we were doing and uh, has has even given us like advice along the way that saved us mm-hmm. literal, literal thousands, thousands of dollars. Of dollars. Um, and it's interesting to lean on people like that because where we live, like closing costs don't happen. Like mm-hmm. the buyers rarely, unless there's repairs, the buyers rarely are able to ask for closing costs just because there's like, you know, when our house went on the market, we had two offers within the first 20 hours. Um, and I think we're, more were coming. And we had like seven showings in the first day, yeah. two days. Yeah. 
And it, so the market's just so hot here and so scarce that uh, you don't have, buyers don't have that flexibility. So uh, down there, there's like, in that region we're looking, there's like hundreds of houses on the market and the higher priced houses uh, tend to stay on for hundred plus days and you have a lot of leverage. And so we like, we're kind of educated to like, hey, let, let's ask for the moon and hopefully, you know, we'll get half of it. And yeah. that's what happened. And we were pretty stoked about it. And uh, we're getting, they're, leave, they're even leaving like their water softener system. They're leaving like the big expensive toy in the back for the boys and uh, gave us a bunch of money towards closing costs, which, which is really awesome. And so, I mean, that was a big part of it. And after our experience with our first realtor, we're really happy to have this <laughs> this guy. So yeah. he's uh, he's just been phenomenal. He's definitely gone way above and beyond what we expected um, as yeah. far as a realtor goes. Yeah, and then anytime we've had to call down there for any reason, like the inspector, uh, yeah, the inspector, I talked to him on the phone. Like I've picked his brain about the local area and he's lived there for 20, 20 years or so and uh, gave us a lot of good insight. Kayla talked to the State Farm lady down mm -hmm. there and uh it's kind of funny. She knew people that had lived in our town. She, or, know, she has a friend in Richland. Yeah. She has a friend in Spokane. They used to live in Oregon. Those are so. all nearby where we live right now. So, um, and gave us a lot of, you know, neat information and kind of, you know, built up our confidence that we're doing the right thing, uh, by moving down there. And so anytime we talk to anyone locally, what I'm trying to say is that we uh, have asked for their input and their perspective and they're locals, you know, and they, um, grass is always greener and I've, I've this whole process have kind of tempered expectations because I understand that uh, to be true that it seems really great on paper and uh, my only fear of this whole thing is that it turns out not to be so great but that's probably yeah, unfounded I think so I mean everyone that we've talked to absolutely loves it down there and tells us how much we're gonna love it if you talk to anyone asking them about what it would be like to move where we live, they would be, they would say things like, it's so boring. There's nothing to do here, you know, unless you own a boat or a camper trailer and go camping. Or well, the boat thing, the, the boat thing is like kills me because everyone out here wants to own a boat, but it's only warm enough to use the yes. boat unless it's, unless it's a fishing boat uh, and you're like fishing for salmon or steelhead on the river. Like and you're, cold. you're going to be cold half the time you're using the boat, like freezing, like lit literal freezing cold or, um, uh, it's, you know, you get two months out of the summer where it's actually warm enough to use like a ski boat mm -hmm. and the water is just always cold. And so, you know, it's great. It's great river system and great bass fishing, tons of great fishing out here, but those boats, man, like they're just so expensive and it's nothing that we've, I'm not ready to buy a boat until I can pay cash for it. And it's like something that's like, you know, Kayla and I, it's just her and I, and we want something for you know, to use on the weekends for entertainment or something. Like, I'm not going to go into debt to get a boat that I'm going to use a couple times a year. I'm just not going to do it. No, and I think that we'll have a different mindset about it, too, when we live somewhere where it's warm most of the year because we can actually get used out of it. I, yeah. think, I think the worst part about having one here is, like, what you said, where you can really only use it two months out of the year. So you're paying all of that money for something that you only get to use a handful Yeah, it's just, times. like, mothballed all year. And then you're sitting there in the winter and freezing your butt off, your, and your, you know, $250 boat payment comes due people out here buy like $80,000 boats on a whim and they're like fitted with, you know, all the best sound system and stuff like that's great. If you're living in Arizona or somewhere in Texas or somewhere, you know, where it's warm, like you said, all year round, like that makes sense. You're going to use it all the time, but it's crazy. Anyways. Um, so we've been down there. It's not that we're, we've never moved down yes. there before <laughs> or never, you know, been visited the area. So I spent, you know, the time that I was in basic training, uh, in San Antonio, which obviously didn't get to be in the local area much at all. Um, other than at the end, we got to, you know, go down to the river walk and everything. Um, but the weather, I, I still like in the morning, certain times of year here, I go outside or in the evenings because it reminds me of the weather and the humidity 
and the feeling like the smell in the air of down there. And that's, that's, that's been true for the last 10 years. And then I spent another about five months in Wichita Falls, Texas, which um, I got to see a lot more of the area um, and be outside a lot more and, and, you know, got to deal with the weather a little bit more too. So um, we've also, I've, I spent some time, I spent about a week down there uh, when I was in school. I did like a, a trip, a school trip down there. Um, and you know, that's, that's about the, that's about the <laughs> most of it. We spent a lot of time in Oklahoma when we were, um, we spent some time going to Oklahoma when we were living in Wichita. And so we're used to that area and we really have been wanting to get back down there. And this has just been a good opportunity to, to make that happen. Um, so what, what is, what are you most excited about in the new house? What's your number one thing that you're most excited about about the new house i have two things is that okay yeah okay i am so excited about the kitchen it's a beautiful kitchen with a gas cooktop oh i can't wait double oven i just the kitchen is gonna be amazing go follow us on instagram <laughs> at fire the family and you can see i'll start posting some pictures of it yes and then the back patio is super nice um because it's completely covered so you can have uh, outdoor seating out there they already have the people who previously lived there have it wired for a tv out there so i'm thinking about sitting out there watching football in the fall i mean depending on what happens this year with football season um but sitting out there with the thunderstorms rolling in and then like nick said it has an extended pergola so it's a pretty decent sized back patio the back patio and the pergola combined is like half the size of our current house. It's huge. <laughs> so we're, yeah, the kitchen and the back patio, those are, those are my top two for that house. Yeah, I agree. I think the office, the office, having it, well, having an office, a third car, a third garage door so, so I can set up a home gym and then probably the back patio. So I have yeah. three favorite things. Yeah. Um, we talked about the state and the weather and everything. Um, moving our kids and our, our pets and stuff. So, uh, we are, uh, obviously moving like 30 hours away. Mm -hmm. It's like 2000 miles and doing the math, it was going to be like six grand or more to have somebody move us like a company. And it's going to be just for the U-Haul. It's like 1800 bucks. Gas is like 500 gas in Kayla's car. It's only going to cost her like a hundred bucks this time because the gas is so cheap yeah. and her Honda to get down there. So I'm going to drive the U-Haul and a trailer with my car and she's going to drive uh, drive her car. So we're going to move the kids and the pets and everything and kind of make it a family sightseeing trip across the country, which is super exciting. Um, get to do a little sightseeing and we're going to stay in some, some Airbnbs. And so one of the questions I've gotten on Instagram, uh, a little bit is when talking about moving is like relocating our kids and stuff. And so kind of, I think the last topic we're going to talk about, uh, in this episode is, uh, moving our kids and um, kind of the effect that we think it's going to have on them. Number one, I think our two youngest are not going to remember. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to have no idea. Based on our oldest and what he remembers, he, our middle child might vaguely remember some things about where we live now, maybe some fun things that we did or something like mm -hmm. that, or maybe the house. Um, but our youngest, our two-year-old's not going to remember anything, so we're not concerned about that. No. And our oldest is like, he's so like down to just do things that he's this whole time he's been like just super chill about it. And is like, let's go. Yeah. Like he's got no apprehension to it whatsoever. I'm sure he's going to miss his grandparents. But I mean, with that being said, he's still going to see them. Yeah. My mom's already planning to come down in July or August, you know, right after we moved down there. So, um, you know, with her being by herself, it's going to be a lot easier for her to fly back and forth. It's not going to be super expensive. And Nick's parents definitely will come down at least once a year. Um, so they'll 
still definitely see them and you know we might make trips up here too every once in a while it's expensive to fly with five people you know on an airplane and we can't necessarily take six days to drive every time so but see i'm the type of person who would like let's all chip in and get a you know a big cabin in montana and everybody travels there to have a quasi family reunion Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have to be the one that takes the lead to do those kind of things. So it's like, hey, let's all meet in Colorado at a ski resort or let's all fly into California and go to Disneyland or let's whatever it may be. Um, My fam, my side is a little bit like they just don't travel a lot. It's like a big event to go on an airplane somewhere. It's like a big for most of my family. And that's not a bad thing. That's just that's just kind of how I think it's how we all were brought up, kind of a small town mentality. And it's like, man, I want to get on a plane. And Mm -hmm. I've talked about like, hey, let's say our our oldest is really interested in New York for whatever reason. Like why can't Kayla and him hop on a plane and go visit New York for the weekend? Right. You know, like that's the kind of mentality I want to have and hop in a car and drive to Florida from where, from Texas or over to San Diego in 10 hours or whatever it is. Let's go to Mardi Gras and like, what, what is that? Six or eight hours away. That's not very far. And so it's like, uh, you know, our mentality is that the and I think it's because we moved away at such a young age to somewhere like I went to Texas and then we lived in Kansas and then we traveled a lot around there and I drove from Kansas to Florida and Kayla's been to Florida and it just seems like we're kind of the people in our family that are just like let's just go and do it yeah so I don't know it's just our personality we like adventure and this is the biggest probably the second biggest adventure we'll have ever taken definitely and it probably won't be our last knowing us. I mean, right. who knows? But we're Maybe. closer. I want to like retire on a beach somewhere. Yes. And, and whether that's California, if they fix their if they fix their economy or somewhere like Florida or in somewhere in between at a warm ocean or Hawaii or something. And when all our kids are out of the house, like I want to be free enough. I'm still going to work, but I, I want to be free enough to for us to live wherever we want. And maybe that's somewhere different every five years. I don't know. Right. We'll probably rent at that time. Probably. Anyways, yeah. So that it's a that's a big undertaking moving from Washington to Texas. I've written about it quite a bit on the website. Uh, Geo arbitrage is the the hot topic keyword, uh, and we're gonna go to do a barbecue with family when the boys wake up from their nap and try to ex- explain it to them. <laughs> I'm not sure it's gonna go so well. No, but no, but it's it's the funny thing that I I tend to do when I get I'm a, like I'm the appeaser in the family, and so when I like. I try to justify everything and I need to be more of the kind that's like, this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it. And, you know, feel free to ask questions. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So yeah, it's kind of, we're both ready to do it. And, um, we just got to face the music when it comes to, you know, my work was a little bit weird about it, but ended up, ended up being uh, so far I've been supportive. We're all working remotely anyways. So it's not like I'm going to see them any less than I'm seeing them now. They're, they're completely on board. Yeah. And with Twitter and Amazon, I don't know if Amazon's done it officially, but Twitter's like announcing every, everyone can work from home indefinitely. Um, every other software company is going to follow suit and they already have been. And so I think, uh, all the data points to people are going to do this a lot more. This is going to be a lot more common. People are gonna be like, well, why am I living in this small town for this, single job when I can live anywhere and do the same job. So that's our, uh, this would have happened anyways. It definitely would have. So, but we're pretty excited and we're doing it from a place, like I said, of us keeping our jobs and our income. And so the geo arbitrage part is moving from a high cost of living to low cost of living and retaining your income. And so our income isn't going down drastically at all. And so we can enjoy that 10% cost of living difference between here and there. And our, our money just goes a lot further. And, uh, kind of protect it against if I lose my job because there's nowhere else for me to work here where 
I live. And if something happens to my job and we're down there, there's a ton of jobs. Yeah. So that's a big kind of insurance policy too. Yeah, definitely making this move from a position of strength, like you say all the time, which I think is important. You know, we don't want to be behind and then be forced to move. Yeah, I don't want to be in a position where like I'm jobless and we're moving yeah. and starting yes. a new job. Like that sounds terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely want to stay ahead, ahead yeah. of what may or may ahead not of, happen. Especially with, you know, a third of the, you know, not a third, but what what is it? 30 million people or so are unemployed. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people out of work right now. And it, it went overnight. It went from being an economy that is like uh, a job seekers market to being like a employer's market because there was like nobody to hire for skilled labor or in, you know, specific industries, there's just, we had a really low unemployment and then all of a sudden employment's high, the highest it's ever, ever been. And now like the employers have all the leverage again, cause they can keep who they want and they don't have to, they don't have to bring you on cause there's a hundred more people just like you. Right. So I think it's a high time to kind of make big moves like this and, uh, hopefully, uh, comes out on the other side, uh, in our favor. So, um, I'm going to leave the episode with that. I'm super pumped that Kayla is on the podcast with me and I'm trying We'll see. I'm trying to make it the regular kind of the regular format because inviting other people on that I don't know is awesome and really great, but it's also a lot of work. And it's basically like, like, you know, I just don't have all the time in the day to keep a steady flow of that happening. And there's a finite amount of people out there for me to talk to. And Kayla and I can sit down with a microphone anytime and talk about what it's like being married and raising kids and you know, the financial independence thing. So I think this is going to be a more regular uh, type of episode. So thanks for the proof of concept. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. Awesome. Well, hey, guys, check out the website, firethefamily.com. I uh, post multiple art- articles a week there. We've got tons of content, tons of resources that are free for you to use and download. Uh, fire, follow us uh, on Instagram at firethefamily. And that's kind of where I'm at if you want to engage and send me a message or something. Uh, also, um, you know, uh, follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. I think this goes out to like 10 different platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple music, the top two. Uh, so leave us a rating, let us know what you think. Give me some feedback. And as always, uh, hope to catch you guys on the next episode.